Welcome to a tour of Hawkins, a podcast about Stranger Things. As always, I'm Griffiny, your host, and I also have Paul Muladib of several other podcasts. Say hello to the viewers, Paul. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you for having me, Griffiny. I'm very excited to do this podcast with you. I am too. He's a true podcaster who's more experienced than me. This is my first podcast. He's done a cast that movie podcast season two now out he's done twin peaks that is now over he's done rate that album the newest podcast you should check that out 100 percent. and he also does beer beats and bobbleheads talking office and of course this podcast wow thank you for the wonderful plugs yeah um <laughs> all these um will be found on the uh, pod down where we are going to be hosting this podcast for you, Griffiny. Yep. The pod down is where all these podcasts are, where you will find every podcast. So it's no longer on multiple sites anymore. So, like, you know, not all together on one, on separate YouTube channels, but all together now on one YouTube channel. So you can go to YouTube and type in the pod down and you will find it. You can find your favorite podcasts there that Paul does and... Soon you'll be able to listen to this one. Uh, also, we also have one SoundCloud as well, which is the same name, essentially. It's uh, the Joe Down Pod Downs. Um, yes. And um, all this is also on the joedown.blog. Yes. All right. Well, what do you say we get into this? Um, yeah, absolutely, Griffiny. I'm super excited uh, to do this. Uh, go ahead yeah. and our... s- please start. Yes. So... Right now, we are at the Hawkins National Laboratory, and we see a scientist. He bursts out of the door, and he sounds super, like, panicky. We know something is up. He runs and starts clicking on the elevator door button, like, frank- like frantically, like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, hurry up, hurry up. The lights are flickering. It looks like it's, there's going to be a jump scare or something horror coming up. Then we hear Low growling. He looks up. We don't see what it is, but he gets pulled up. The elevator door shuts, and then we cut to a sprinkler. Yeah, um, the very beginning of this really reminded me of classic 80s yes. horror right away. Uh, you know, it has reminiscence of aliens, it has reminiscence of just any type of like being stalked by the unknown. Yeah. Uh, this was a common scene or element in many, many, many classic horrors. And it's I, I don't see it being used as often now because I think it's been overdone. But it's not really in my mind that it's been overdone. It's that most people don't use it effectively anymore. Yes. And this does use it effectively. Keep this in mind. This is Sunday, November 6th, 1983. Then we see... A group of boys playing Dungeons and Dragons or D&D in Mike's basement. There's Mike, Will, Dustin, and Lucas. They're all playing D&D. They hope that the Demigorgon doesn't come. But, speak of the devil, Demigorgon. Now they're all clamoring because they don't know if they want to cast, cast protection or fireball. Will rolls the dice. It falls off. 
They start to leave because, well, it's Sunday. The next day is Monday. It's a school day, y'all. So, yeah, this is done on Sunday, November 6th, 1983, right? And back in that time, you got to understand that in 83, let's talk a little bit about 1983. Yeah. 1983 was the video game crash. Yeah. So what was going on was Atari, ColecoVision were the two frontrunners really in video gaming. And they made their prominence in late 70s really 1981 was like the true explosion of it yeah well the the true renaissance of video gaming came when the nintendo came out but that wasn't until 1985 over here in the u.s um so between 1983 and 1985 video games were really no one bought them and what was happening because of that time was everyone was making their own video game system sears had their own video game system um that only played games for that and that really it became so saturated with these exclusivity exclusivity um consoles so D became a big thing among people that maybe were getting into video games or things like that and just video game crashed so they went and really that's when you saw an explosion of yeah. Dungeons and Dragons was in yeah. this early 80s um, caused by that video game crash. Talking a little bit about Dungeons and Dragons, uh, if you're unfamiliar with it, which maybe some people are um, that are in the Stranger Things, I mean, this had mass appeal. This show has mass, mass appeal. Yes. It's, you know, there's people in there that maybe have never played D&D um, but have heard of it. So you get kind of the general idea, but what it is is you make up these characters, you use your imagination, and if you ever played a video game role-playing game, uh, essentially you have this character sheet, and you make a character. Now, unlike some video games, say, like Cyberpunk, <laughs> yeah. oh boy, we're not going to get into that, <laughs> but where you have a pre-made character that you have to play, and all you can do is just mess with their stats... With D&D, you start from absolute nothing. You create yeah. the character top to bottom. So you become really attached to their characters. So when you have something like a Demigorgon, a Demigorgon which is a massively difficult enemy yeah. in Dungeons & Dragons lore, um, you freak out. And that's essentially why they're freaking out so bad when this thing shows up and he's so excited when he's rolling the dice because dice is how you attack. Yes. And, you know, so... Yeah, now understand that this is in 1983. It is not 1983. Uh, 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 19, yeah, it's 1983. But here's the thing. This was not recorded in 1983, mm. buddy. You're right. It wasn't recorded in 1983, but I'm putting it in context of the time. Yes, it really feels like, though. It, it really, really does. And yeah. Well, really, I, I'm excited to see you kind of get into that. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but just throwing my, my little piece in here... Um, this is first edition D&D. So there is now, I think, fifth edition. And it's all changed kind of the dice and things like that. So some people were kind of harping on the dice that they were using. Yeah. And it's like, well, you got to understand that it's a different edition than what you're used to. So there you go. Okay, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. So then Mike's mother comes down. Karen comes down. The original Karen. <laughs> She comes down and says, it's 15 after 8, guys. You gotta go, because it's a school night, and Mike's gotta go to bed. Mike 
doesn't really want to go to bed because it's going to ruin the flow. It's a Sunday night. This is a real Karen coming up here. So I want to talk a little bit about that because, again, <laughs> I did this kind of thing in, 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 you know, played not in 1983. I'm not that old. Um, <laughs> but I was only two. Um, <laughs> we would have, we, I played multiple different role playing games. And what we would do is we would start on a Friday after school uh-huh. and have sleepover parties, like for weekends. Oh. We would maybe stay at one house that night and then bring everything over maybe to another house the next night. But we plan these things because these campaigns can be incredibly long. When I was in high school, there was a teacher that allowed us to stay after school to play role-playing games in his classroom. (laughs) That's awesome. It was really, really cool. You know, it was his way of keeping us, you know, safe and doing whatever we were going to do, you know, supervise and let us play these games. But it got really infuriating to me because school would end at about 3.15 and we could only be there till 5. So, again, some of these campaigns, as they're called, which is the adventure, Uh can take 20, 30 hours to play, um, depending on who's making the game and things like that. So, I this scene kind of bothered me because it's like, Really? Like, you guys would have done this on another night where it wasn't a Sunday if you were going to play this long of a campaign. Well, maybe they did start on Saturday, but they started at, like, let's say the afternoon, and they only got through, like, five hours of it. Then they got through, like, another five hours or something along those lines. Well, maybe. And I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt, obviously. But this is just something that I'm bringing up from my yeah from my life experience yeah. on that. Now, I just thought that was weird. Yeah. So, anyways, Dustin finds a pizza box. Lucky him. There's some last piece of pizza. He offers it to Will and Lucas. No. <laughs> just no. He goes up to Nancy's room. So you're probably asking, who the heck is Nancy? Nancy is Mike's sister. Who is talking to her friend, Barb. Dustin offers Nancy to the last slice of pizza. Her response? A door slammed in his face. Then, here's the funniest moment probably in this first episode. Okay, maybe not the funniest, but a pretty funny moment with Dustin in this episode. He's... He thinks he, Nancy has a stick up her butt. And um, you get the, they talk a little bit about how she used to be cool with them and she's not. And yeah. So one of the big things with this show to me is it's very much what's called a coming of age story, right? Yes. So, you know, she's uh, in high school now and her world is changing. She's not, you know, wanting to be around her younger brother as much because... She's starting to have a high school life. She's starting to have a life outside of the house and outside the family union. Yeah. So, yeah. And then Will and Dustin, uh, they get sent, you know, they get sent out. Will and Dustin riding their bikes home and they decide a race so that if Will wins, he gets Dustin's X-Men 134. Now, you had something interesting to say about this. Easter egg time. It's Easter egg time. Today's Easter egg is this. Today's Easter egg is Dustin's X-Men number 134. Talking about Phoenix. Phoenix is a Marvel character who has telekinesis, meaning mind control powers. 
you will meet a character named Eleven who has mind control powers or telekinesis. Yeah, one of the really cool things about this show is is they do little things like that. And um, that <clears throat> really foreshadow if you know, like if you're into the nerdum of the show, <laughs> um, there's some really cool stuff there that that will kind of lay out yeah. some things. And they do this in, uh, every season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was really cool when you told me that. Yeah, yeah. So they're having a race. And Will obviously wins. And Dustin's like, I lost this race. <laughs> so, as Will bikes his way into a restricted area due to a lab where there's like a restricted lab, he goes into Merkwood, which is his home, by Hawkins Laboratory. Yes, so Merkwood is a name from it was used in lord of the rings and the hobbit okay um but mirkwood originates from a force in old norse mythology uh called the word meaning darkwood or black forest um so it's used to call the the green in, in lord uh in in lord of the rings excuse the me the hobbit yeah and the hobbit <laughs> the hobbit and lord of the rings um where Leg uh, legolas originated from uh it used to be called the great the, the greenwood of the great before it was taken over by sauron and it turned into mirkwood so it, it kind of implies that this stretch to his house freaks will out he doesn't like it yeah oh and one more thing i will get into this here's another little easter egg which we'll get into that again as he's biking down his light on his bike starts to flicker. You might also notice on Mike's garage, mm -hmm. his lights flicker. Oh, yes. Yeah, they flicker. like, pro And he's just like, eh, probably just the light's burning out. Mm -hmm. Will's bike's light starts to flicker. He looks up. We see Shadow. A big, tall, skinny Shadow like Slenderman. If you ever heard of Slenderman. Or Siren Head. Yes, but really this is... The Demi-Gorgon. Yes, the yeah, Demi-Gorgon. So, so, yeah, this, this mysterious thing in the middle of the road that freaks him out and causes him to crash is the Demi- There was some debate on what this was. Yeah. But it's it's the Demi-Gorgon. Yeah. Either a Slender Man or a Siren Head. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. No, I have seen some interesting debates on Reddit where people thought it was this was Eleven, and that when he ran away... The Demi-Gorgon was coming after him. Well, there is debates that Eleven is the Demi-Gorgon. There is debates about that. That's a really interesting theory, but, <laughs> um, you know, we'll get into that maybe later. Or you want yeah. to you want to get into it now? You, uh, you we decide. can get into it later. Later. Okay. Yeah. But uh, he runs home, locks the door, and he's looking for Jonathan, his brother, and his mom, Joyce. Mm -hmm. And his dog starts to bark. He looks outside, the, the, the shadow is following him home. A stalker there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what a stalker, people. And then he calls his mom, or we think, all we hear is static and growling. He looks out, the demigorgon is there. Then telekinesis happens. Bum, bum, bum. 
the latch unhinges itself and unlocks itself. The dog knows something up. Don't worry, animal lovers. I'm an animal lover too. Nothing happens to the dog. He runs into his shed, starts to load a shotgun, holds it up to the side of the door, like to the front of the shack door, but then it's behind him. Yeah, it's really interesting. We'll get into that, my thoughts on that later, I think. Uh, maybe at the end of this episode. I have some thoughts on some things that occur in this episode um, and throughout the show. Um, but yeah, this was, you know, again, really reminiscent of horror movies f from that time. Like, to me, this is really a love letter because that was yeah. that's also something that's been used a lot of times in horror movies is, especially in 80s horror movies, supernatural horror movies, yeah. where the thing just shows up behind them. And again, yeah. that's not something I think you see in most modern horror movies anymore so yeah. much. Um, and when you do, it's not done right. But again, here it's done right. Yeah. Maybe it teleported. Oh. Well, we'll get into my thoughts on that. And <laughs> we'll, you know, I'd love to hear your counter thoughts yes, to that. Yes, yes. <clears throat> so then Will turns around and he's like, oh, I'm screwed. The light burns brighter. Like it goes... Like, like a nebula exploding, or like a star going pow. But the light bulb doesn't explode. It just goes whoop, then it goes back down, like whoop. And Will's gone, and the Demogorgon's gone. Then, the title scene. <laughs> yeah, all this happens before the title, which really gives you a sense of... It's like a prologue. You, well, it gives you just... Book. Yeah, yeah, like it gives you a prologue, prologue but, book. you know, it, it's, it gives you a sense that, oh, wow... There's there's some stuff going on here because oh, you don't yeah. even, you don't even think about the fact that you hadn't seen the title screen, um, so that's pretty nice. Yeah. Then it's Monday, November seventh, nineteen eighty three. The next day, boom, boom, Joyce is looking for her keys. Remember that. That's gonna come in later, next season. Remember that, guys. And Jonathan is making breakfast. Joyce goes into Will's room. And says, time to wake up, time to wake up. But he's not there. And then they're wondering, did he come home last night? Jonathan wasn't home because he thought he could use the extra cash. So he stayed at work. Joyce is not happy about this. Now I want to talk about Joyce a little bit. Because <clears throat> this was, in my mind, a huge get for the, for the series. Yes. The actress that plays Joyce, Will's mom, is Renona Ryder. Now, Renona Ryder was a icon in the 80s. Didn't she play an actor in Beetlejuice? She played she played part in Beetlejuice, yes. Oh. Yes, she was in Beetlejuice. She was in a movie called Heathers, which is very 80s. She was absolutely awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome actress. She was in the movie Lucas, which was a big deal. She was a Beetlejuice. She played Lydia. She was in Heather's. She was in Great Balls of Fire, uh, which was a movie about um, Jerry Lee Lewis, the musician. Square Dance. Uh, she was in Edward Scissorhands, which was a huge movie. Mermaids, which was a huge movie. Bram Stoker's Dracula, which was a huge movie. The Age of Innocence, which was a huge movie. Reality Bites, which I... That's where it kind of gets. I liked it. I liked it, but then got a lot of mixed reviews based upon your viewpoint of things. Yeah. Little Women, which was a big movie. Uh, Alien Resurrection was a misstep. 
Um, <laughs> then girl interrupted, and then you know she started to have some problems outside. She was also in The Simpsons. She yes, yeah, she guest voiced on The Simpsons, the Larry Sanders show. Um, she was unaccredited in Zoolander. She was in Friends. Um, she was in A Scanner Darkly. Point is, is that she did a lot of things, and but there's a kind of a gap there because she got into some issues uh, outside of uh, Hollywood and uh, kind of had some problems. This really revitalized her career. Um, and so if anyone knows 80s and how to play 80s and be 80s, it was Renona Ryder. Yeah. And again, I just, you know, it was for me being a product of the 80s and 90s, it was amazing to see her in this show. Yeah. It just to me gave it a lot of credibility. Yeah. So Joyce calls Karen, the true Karen. <laughs> <laughs> And Nancy and Mike are fighting. Yes. In the background. And Joyce is like, is that Will I hear? And Karen's like, no, what? No, that's Mike. Karen knows that something's up. She makes an excuse. So then she can get off the line. Like, I think she, I think he left early for school. But yep. she's one of those, sen Joyce is one of those sensitive people. And you'll find that out later. You'll you'll see it throughout the this show. Yeah. So Joyce kind of is an interesting individual in this show. Yeah. And as we go on, <laughs> you know, right now we don't really see that, other than we know she's frantic. We know that she's poor. We yeah. know that you know she's, she lives in a beat up house. We know that she's kind of a black sheep. Her she and the family are kind of a black sheep of the community in a way. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Then she's like, okay, I gotta find my son. Then we cut to Hawkins Middle School, where Mike, Dustin, and Lucas are a little worried that Will isn't there. But Lucas is like, man, he probably showed up early for school, like your mom said. So then, but bullies come. Bullies, bullies, bullies. Yeah, um, again, this was a very, from my understanding, and from when I talk to the younger generation, or um, that you don't see bullying as vicious as it used to be. Oh yeah. Do you agree or disagree? Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, bullying was punching. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was violent. It was hateful. It was angry. A there also was a turning a blind eye by adults. Really? Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely there was. Teachers would know who the bullies were. They didn't want to deal with it. Um, you know, parents wow. would know what was going on. It was very much a, hey, kids are going to be kids type of situation. And I, as a matter of fact, I remember hearing from, from teachers even like uh, in recess and things like that. You try to tell them someone was getting bullied or if you were being bullied or whatever. They would try to tell you, deal with it. They would say, no one likes a tattle. Deal with it yourself. But here's the thing. Yeah. Bullying, I, what I've always learned in school, tattletales mean like someone drops something and you go tell on them. Bullies are the opposite of that. You tell on them because they're hurting you. So what they're basically saying is that you're being punched to the ground and you go tell a teacher and they're telling you not to be a tattletale. Mm -mm, that's being a Karen right there. <laughs> that is being a, a, 
Yes. Karen. It was a different, it was a different time. It was a different world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now here's a fun fact about Dustin. Fun fact time. Dustin actually has something. I forget what he calls it, but his two front teeth are going in. And he kind of has like an accent or like a toothless. Like yes, that. yes, yes. He has a real condition. I can't remember the name of it either. Um, hopefully someone in the audience can refresh our memory on that. Write it down in the comments, please. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so they're not there. Like, you know, they're worried that Lucas isn't there either. Right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Will. Excuse me, not Lucas. Yeah. Will isn't there either. Sorry. It's okay. Then we get to Nancy. Nancy. Mm-hmm. Nancy is talking to her friend Barb about how many times Nancy has made out with Steve. 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 Stevie, Stevie, Steve. Steve. I, I want to <laughs> say this. Um, I'm not going to give away how I feel about Steve. Not yet. In the, in, in the later as things go. Yeah. Steve right now is just kind of douchey. He's just there. He's well. He's not just there, but <laughs> you're not supposed to really like Steve, right? Yes. Yeah. And then there's a secret little note in Nancy's locker. Barb's like, and as you were saying, because here's what the note said: "Meet me in the bathroom." You y'all know what that means? Makeout tab. <laughs> yes, uh, it does. Um, yeah, I mean, again, in the 80s, teachers turn a blind eye to a lot of things. Yeah, um, like making out of bathrooms. <laughs> yes, even in the 90s, they turn. I mean, the stuff I got away with. What did you what, get away what, with? What, I'm not going to tell on this podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was this whole notion that, you know, if, if it's kind of like you see in police movies where uh, I don't want to write up, you know, I, this is going to be a long report. I'm not going to bother, right? Yeah, like that's someone a, gets murdered. Yeah, well, you know, but I mean, just like, you know, the good guy does something that police like, ah, this take too long to write up or whatever, right? Yeah. That's essentially how teachers and faculty were back in the day. They didn't want to deal with it. They didn't want to deal with the, they didn't want to deal with the, you know, hearing from the parents and that type of thing because... Um, like, oh, we already dealt with it. Well, <laughs> and they go, you know, a lot of times they know the parents. Yeah. And they just don't want to deal with them. They're like, they're, it's not going to get through, you know? Yeah. So they're, they're just going to keep on doing it. Yeah, there was this idea of, oh, well, his dad or his mom is so-and-so, so, -and -so, so pff, whatever. We're not going to fix that mess. Yeah. That was a big mentality then. Yeah. So, as they're making out in the bathroom, Nancy says, I have to go. Like, I literally have to go. And meaning she has to leave to go do her test. Steve wants to, air quote, study with her. <laughs> which is another way of getting into her pants. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, we say that all the time. I'm going to go study. I'm going to go study. And we, again... It was a different time. Parents knew, and we yeah, didn't, they didn't. They didn't. You know, faculty. You know, nobody did anything. Yeah. So, Nancy finally agrees and's like, meet meet me at her, her house to study. Like she means to actually study. Yes, she wants to actually study. Well, Steve wants to get into her pants. 
Yes. <laughs> and you know it. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's very obvious. Yeah. So, so go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Go. No, please. please okay. Please. Okay. Fine. We cut to Joyce already at Hopper's. Hopper. 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 Okay. Hopper is. <laughs> Your turn. All right. Hopper is ridiculous. Cause here's this. Here's this. Here's here here. Here's my song of his day. I'm gonna wake up shirtless and go out on the front porch, take a cigarette, light my lighter, and smoke it until it's gone. Then I realize that I have work, so I gotta go get dressed and shower. So I'm gonna go into the shower, and then after I'm done, I'm gonna smoke again. Then I'm gonna brush my teeth. Then I'm gonna smoke after I'm right after brushing my teeth. Then I'm gonna take my pills with beer. Then I'm gonna smoke again. Then I'm gonna button my shirt. Then I'm going to go in the car and eat a donut. So yeah, Hopper. Um, <laughs> Hopper is ridiculous. This guy obviously went on a was drinking heavily the night before. Oh yeah, uh, you could tell. Fell asleep. What, was that on the couch? Yeah, he fell asleep in his on clothes. The couch. Shirtless. Oh, it's shirtless. Yes, but he was still, you know. Yeah, with his yeah, pants. Yeah, yeah, with the, with with the sheriff pants and all that stuff. Yeah. He's got booze all over. He's you know he's smoking cigarettes, chain smoking. Yeah. He as he's getting ready, front, as yeah. he's getting ready. Meaning, he goes on the front porch, smokes, takes a shower, smokes, then brushes his teeth. As soon as he's done brushing his teeth, smokes. Yes. Now takes his pills. Drinks a beer, smokes. <laughs> yeah, he drinks a beer before going before going to the sheriff to go to the sheriff station. Um, and again, let's talk about the culture. Smoking yeah. was far more acceptable in the eighties. Oh yeah, in like the seventies, eighties. Um, you know, and uh, give you guys an idea. <clears throat> in the forties and fifties, doctors were recommending cigarettes. Yeah, Why? yeah, it was. It was the science wasn't there. Um, and you know, cigarettes, there's big money there. There's, I mean, that is a billion dollar operation. Even back in the eighties, it was a billion dollar operation. So it gives you an idea, uh, <clears throat> just how much money was in there. And, um, there's a lot of things that they did in order to prevent the information coming out that everyone knows now about smoking. Meaning nicotine. Well, you know, people quote knew nicotine was addicting, but didn't. Right again, the science wasn't really there. Yeah. Um, you know, there, the studies to to investigate that were really blocked by this by this by the money. Yeah. That the cigarette companies would throw at government. Yeah. And the you know there was a. Big deal with the movie companies and cigarette companies. They would, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, oh, let's get a sponsor that, you know, we'll get some money from the, help make the money from the from the smoking companies yeah. and tobacco industry. Yeah, it was a really, really different time. So, and again, also a little different, especially in the 70s and early 80s, um, drinking and driving wasn't as heavily hated as it is now. People would drink and drive? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, especially out in the country. Hell, I still think there's some places in the country they still do. Not um, to self, y'all. 
don't drink and drive and don't text and drive. Well, but again, <laughs> it was a different time. I so they, now, you know, there's all these laws around it. But at the time, it was one of those things that the police would turn a blind eye to. You know, oh, especially if it was someone that they're new or in a community that they are friends with. Oh, hey, what's going on? Uh, you know, yeah, you know, oh, I, you know, no, well, not that they had the beer with them, but you know, oh, I had a, you know, I was at the bar, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, get home safe. You know, do you want me to follow you home? Make sure you get home. Okay. That was the mentality. It was way different. So I think that gets lost on a newer audience on this show where a lot of these things, these concepts are very foreign to them, but this is what it was. That's not okay. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not that it was okay. It's, again, I'm not condoning it. I'm Bobby just explaining <laughs> okay. what the time was. Yeah, me on. <laughs> After he buttons his shirt and goes to work, he grabs a donut. And you know that he's drunk. He's like, oh, hey, morning, guys. Morning, Flo. Oh, uh, slurpy. He's, he's not necessarily, okay. He's not, I, I don't think he's drunk. I think he's hungover. Okay, what's now, the difference? Let me explain a little bit about this. <laughs> there is a difference. Um, when you drink a lot, a lot, a lot, and then wake up in the morning, you can have what's called a hangover, where your head hurts, it's pounding, you don't feel good. There's two things that are going on in your body chemically at that time. One, your body's dehydrated from the alcohol. Okay. And number two, your body's going through withdrawal of the alcohol. That's part of what... Because it wants more. Be, because your body it is used to... Get, your body gets used to chemicals and things. And like alcohol, you your body you know, wants it back in to help leave it. So that's where alcoholism... Part of where alcoholism comes in. That's where alcoholism, that's part of the problem with alcoholism because it's not only physically addicting, uh -huh. but it's also mentally addicting. Oh. Yeah, because you get used to the whole thing oh, of yeah, drinking, like, right? So it's and like you're, smoking and nicotine? In a way, it's the it's the motion of smoking. Uh-huh. And it's the routine of having that beer. Okay, so or it's that, not like the drink. motion? So it's no, not like the no, it's not like the motion. It's the routine of, man, I needed this beer to calm down, or I needed that drink to have a good time, or I needed that. So it's both physically and the mentally. Okay. And what, what they say is the best cure for a hangover is more alcohol. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. So that's why Hopper's <laughs> grabbing that beer right away in the morning. Is he's in the early throes of alcoholism. And yeah, that makes sense. And he, that's, I'm curing the hangover by having that beer. It yeah. takes It takes some of the pain, takes some of the edge off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Flo is like, well, someone's been stealing gardens again, and then Hop is just not having any of it. Hop's response? Coffee before conversation, Flo. Flo tries to make a point that Joyce is already there. Yes, yes, Joyce is already in there waiting for a hop. And for how many hours? I think for a while. I mean, it took him <laughs> a while to get to work. Yeah. Six hours at least? Oh, I don't think it was six hours. One hour. I don't, think, I don't think he was at the sheriff's station eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it was one I mean, hour. I guess he probably rolled in about 10, 10 30, 11 if I had to guess. I've been waiting for one hour. Anyways, his response again, 
coffee before conversation flow. <laughs> and then when he goes in, he's like, oh, crap. Yes. <laughs> yes. And there seems to be a history between Hopper and Joyce. Joyce. There's... Like, you know that they've met before and been like, hey. <laughs> well, I mean, there's just, there, there's something, there's a there there in my mind. Yeah. That, because they talk about, you know, he asks her how her, where her ex-husband is. Like, he knows Joyce. It's like they've almost been together. Well, I don't know if they've been together, but I, I mean, I think they, you find out later, like, they went to high school together or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. But I think there's also more than that, like, like, it seems like her ex-husband was kind of a deadbeat. Yeah. So I'm wondering if he had problems with the law. It's kind of implied there. And there's just some, there's a, like I said, there's a there there. Yeah. So they're talking about how Will is missing. And Hopper says 99 out of 100 kids go missing. They're with a parent or a relative. Mm-hmm. Which is. True. Which is true. But what about the other 1%? <gasps> bum, bum, bum. Well, <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, that is essentially true. Now, also, going back in time with the context. So, I have to bring context into all of this, I feel yeah. like. Because yeah. I think this gets lost because, again, of the, of the era of what the show is. <sighs> okay. So, prior to... About the early to mid nineties, uh-huh. police officers, sheriff stations, different groups didn't share information with each other. They didn't. No. That sounds weird. It's the way it was, and even to this day, there's a little bit of that. Uh, I was just recently watching something on the on the Zodiac Killer. Even really was watching something on the Zodiac Killer and. There was this particular town that wouldn't release some of their information to these investigators. Um, there's a bit of a there's a bit of a competition thing. There's a bit of an ego thing. Uh-huh. I, I bring this up a lot. When you the people that go into law enforcement, it's a certain personality type. Oh, it's a certain personality type, and there tends to be a lot of ego in those personalities. Uh, it's much like the same people that, that become politicians. It's a very similar, you know, everyone that kind of goes into politics, there's a similar personality there. Uh-huh. It's people that go into the uh, military, certain personality there. People that go into the medical field, certain personality there. These are professions that your average person doesn't just fall into. It's part of your personality that draws you to this role or that job. Uh-huh. And... So, with, like, abductions and missing cases, it was very difficult because if someone abducted somebody and then went into another town, into another jurisdiction, uh-huh. there wasn't that communication back then. Um, that's why a lot of, like, serial killings, abductions were really at an all-time high in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Alien abductions? No, 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 not not alien abductions. Um, But because it was very easy for someone to go into one town and nab somebody or kill somebody and drive six hours away Uh and no one knew. 
That's weird. You that know, sounds or, like... Or, or no one would catch you. You had no cameras. I mean, you didn't have cameras like you do now. Yeah. You didn't like... have cell phones. You didn't have those types of things. Um, so the people were more isolated. Yeah. You know, in, in that regard. It's like, think about the beginning of this show. If Will had a cell phone, no, they would have probably, you know... I mean, brought up that the crackling still would have happened, right? Yeah. But, you know, Will could have called his mom or called his brother and found out that they weren't home or blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yes. But with that monster thingy, Demigorgon there, I have a little theory on that. Okay. Could the Demigorgon have some kind of electricity thing? Well, because now here's a little thing. Y'all know the upside down. If the upside down is the opposite of the upside up, could the demigorgon talk on the phone well, that's in the upside down? So then it's like, hello, mom. And the demigorgon's like, which translates to, hey, I'm coming to eat you. Well, <laughs> It's, it's possible. It's it's very very. I mean, I, I I'll get into my thoughts on that later because I don't want to I don't want to go there quite yet. Okay. Um, but yeah. So I just wanted to bring that up in that in that regards that yeah. I mean, you know, it was very easy for police to say things like, eh, you know, ninety percent of people that get abducted are people, yeah. someone that you know. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah. Whatever. Which isn't <laughs> that isn't a. I should take back what I said earlier. That isn't like a real statistic, but it's yeah, it's up like it's up it, there. It, it's it's, up, it's there. up there. Yeah, it, it's up there. It's you know, but yeah. So it was cops didn't want to deal with missing persons because people. but people because it was almost it was like pulling teeth to get information from the surrounding areas because no one wanted to share that information or if another person found out they'd be like oh no we don't have anything and then they launched their own investigation because yeah. again they wanted the credit for catching that person because it was egos it's yeah. not about a collective helping mm-hmm. it's about a detective's or a, or a office's reputation and ego so the long story short classified information not cl- well and long story short it was again <laughs> Just like what Hopper did, a lot yeah. of these places would just say, "Nope, nope, yeah, nope." I'm not gonna deal with it. I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna deal with it. And it, unfortunately, it's gotten better. Yeah. But that mentality still exists within the law enforcement. Okay. Moving on. So then, Joyce says that she will call um, her ex. Yes, because she doesn't want Hopper reaching out to him, right? Yeah. So again, there's that history. Lonnie. Yeah, Lonnie. And again, there's that his there, there's that there there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then we cut to uh, Hawkins Lab again. Again. They're getting in like to bio stuff, like bio trans thingy suits. Mm-hmm. That if you if, okay, so if you watched the movie Aliens, you yes. know what you will know like okay so take like the alien suit from aliens from the movies from the movie aliens but put it into a white weird homemade terrible looking version of it <laughs> yeah you're talking about the uh the 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 containment suits yes, yes. containment suits mm-hmm. yes and again technology 
wasn't all that great back then. Yeah, so it containment looks suits were not that awesome back then, and it was more of a placebo. Yeah. Then it was more of the idea that oh, I'm in this thing, so I'm going to be safe. But they weren't as good as they are now. Or take like if you or like a bee suit, like a bee free suit. Mm-hmm. Um, take that, but put a like a fat elastic hose thing, stick it to the back of it, and just duct tape it. <laughs> That's basically what it was. Pretty much. And then, which was really impressive of how they did that. Because then they didn't, but then like have like a plastic cover on it. So then they walk into a room with like these ruts coming out. The CGI is awesome on this. I am normally very, I, I am, I shouldn't say normally. I am incredibly critical of oh, CGI. Yeah. I'm very very critical because again, I come from a time of practical effects. And they yeah. do do a good combination of CGI and practical effects in this, I feel like. But yes, the CGI work on this one is top notch. It's really good. Yeah, like you think that it's real. Like when you look at it, like it's pumping and you hear growling. It's like a Okay. So what they're looking at, what they're looking at, it's literally like a heart of the upside down. Yeah, and I will say that I've seen movies that have come out very recently that the CGI does not compare. I mean, motion picture movies where the CGI does not compare mm -hmm. to what this is. And I find that really interesting because you have shows like Game of Thrones that have movie quality CGI. Better than a lot of stuff. Better than a lot of A-list movies. Yeah. And this is another one. Like, really, Netflix put some money into this into stranger things to make it work yeah yeah this had a budget this had a major budget because even the cars i mean there's some continuity issues with some of the cars and stuff like that but <clears throat> the fact that they set up this town like it's the 80s oh yeah they did a great job and how it. they made the town look like mm -hmm. a real town yeah yeah and well and, and just the fact that they meticulously Again, uh, sans a few continuity issues with some of the makes and models of some of the cars. Again, if you're not knowing or you're not, you don't know, you don't know. I so don't it's know. not that big of a deal, right? But some of those vehicles that you see uh, maybe came out in 84, 85, not yeah. the 1983. But again, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. So yeah, but outside of that, it was it really was good. Flawless. It was really good. Yeah. So then we cut. To a young girl, 11, dressed in a hospital gown. If you look at the dress really carefully, you'll see a rip. That will come in later. Keep a, keep that in mind. The rip in 11's hospital gown. That is a key point. I didn't notice it at first, but when I rewatched this episode and then another episode that's coming up, I was like, oh my god. And now I know how Eleven escaped. She goes, so she finds herself at Benny's Burger. Benny, yep. Benny. She goes inside. McDonald's French fries. More like Benny Burger's French fries. She puts a mouthful in her, in her face, does it again. Benny catches her. Rodeo time. He's like, what? Because at first it was a... He thought it was a boy, but then he's, and then she's like, who the heck are you? What? 
Yeah, Benny, yeah, because of the shaped hair, things that he thought it was a, a, a boy. Because again, at the time, girls did not shape their heads typically in the 80s. But why did she have a shaped head? Well, and that's the other thing that kind of throws him off is, oh, this is interesting. This is a little girl with, shaped this, hair. with, with a shaved hair. Yeah, I mean, y- y- you didn't see it as often. I shouldn't say, I mean, everything happens. Yeah. But it, that was, like, way outside the norm in 1983. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so there's that, you know, with them. And, um, yeah, Benny, Benny, Benny. We'll, we'll get more of the Benny in a little while. Yeah. And then we get back to the Hawkins Middle School, don't we? Yes, we do. Everyone starts to leave except for Mike, Lucas, and Dustin. Yes. Because they have something waiting for them. But the science teacher is like, sorry to be the bear of the bad news, but it came. <laughs> this reminds me of the teacher that allowed us to stay after. Yeah. You know, when I was talking about the, our, our D&D thing? Yeah. Like, he was this type of dude. Yeah. Um, Interesting, interesting guy. Really, really interesting dude. But yeah, good dude. Good dude. Yeah. So, it's a giant but radio. Yeah, it's, it's what we call... Okay, so what this is, is it's the Heathkit Ham Shack. Um, and what that... What, what, what it essentially um, relates to is uh-huh. a giant ham radio. And for those of you that don't know, um, I... Gosh, I had a radio. You did. I, okay, so I my I, it was old, and I got it from like my grandfather, I believe. Uh huh. And like it was this weird radio that picked up different frequencies, uh-huh. and it could go all around the world. It could pick up radio frequencies from Russia, from Australia, from yeah. It was really really cool. It was a, it was this weird thing. I could barely picture it in my head. Uh huh. Um. But yeah, it had like these weird frequencies I'd never seen before. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then we get into, they, they're trying to see like how far it can go. New York. And more like Australia, boys and girls. <laughs> so Lucas obviously like, obviously when Wilson did this, he's going to blow his beep. Yeah. I'm not allowed to swear. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's... Yeah, he blows his shit. Thank you. Yes, of course, he blows his shit. Yeah, and again, that's super cool, and, you know, it's, it's the, the Australia might... When Dustin finds out about the microphone or the radio can go all the way up to Australia, he says something that's really, really funny, and I almost died from laughter. Hello, this is Dustin... I don't know his last name. Do you eat kangaroos for breakfast? <laughs> I died laughing there. And then we cut to a flashback, right? Uh, yes, a flashback scene of Joyce at Castle Fires in the Woods with I've seen this movie, Poltergeist tickets. Poltergeist tickets. The bird box. The so Poltergeist was. It was a really good movie, and interestingly enough. Poltergeist was rated PG. No. Yeah. No. Yes. I would have rated it R. No. Rated okay. PG-13. This is, well, PG-13 
did not exist. What do you mean rated PG-13 did not exist? Okay. So, so Poltergeist was one of the movies that actually brought about the PG-13 movie. It did. There were several movies, um, notably Poltergeist, Gremlins, and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Which were these in-between PG and R. Because back in the day, you had G, PG, R, and X. Those X. X. What in the world's X? That's NC-17 now, or MA-17. Because uh, that now NC-17 turned into MA-17, essentially. Okay. And, um, but yeah, there was no PG-13. And these movies had elements because they didn't, for a R rating... You had to fall into certain categories. You had to swear a certain number of times. There'd be a certain number of murder scenes, how in-depth the murder scenes were, you know, how bad the swear words were, what the content was. And if they didn't fit that mold or have enough of that, they fell into the PG rating. No, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to say something. There's a G-rated movie called All the President's Men. I almost got fired from a job. Because what? I was showing off high-definition TVs. This was when I worked at Sears. Sears. I was working at Sears in the electronics department. And I had a, um, I had a movie playing to show off the high-depth. And I saw the rating G. And I was like, okay, great. And in it, fuck you and fuck you. And that played through, that was playing in the store. And the, 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 the last prevention dude came over and chewed my ass. You're like, I'm sorry, I didn't I'm like, know. It was G, and he even yelled at me. He's like, you should know G movies were different. No, I no, I didn't. Again, <laughs> I mean, you know, so I even looked in that thing. Because, again, that movie was from, like, the 60s or the 70s. But, yeah, like, a, think about now a G-rated movie dropping the F-bomb. Oh, God. Would never would never happen. It would it would be a PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. So no, uh, well, uh, two Fs. Yeah, that movie would have been a PG thirteen. That movie would not have been an R, um, uh, or that movie actually would have been a PG. yeah PG thirteen. No, because of the F bombs, it would have been a PG thirteen. Um, yeah. Because I think you're allowed to say fuck once or twice in a PG thirteen. No, maybe three times. Uh, uh-uh, I, I don't believe it's three times. Three times gets you an R. Um, it's once or twice, depending on the context that it's used. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that would have gotten... That G-rated movie would be a PG-13 nowadays. So, yeah. So, that's all you heard throughout the whole thing. You're like, oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. And um, so, yeah, it was... It was, you know... Uh, so, I, I just want to bring that up. Is yeah. that you've seen Poltergeist. I've and you go and you, you think to yourself... That's not a PG movie, PG movie. Yeah. but again, I'm just bringing up the context of the time because that's, I think, the best thing I can bring to this podcast is explaining the era that it was put in. So basically, you're trying to say that a PG movie would have to have two fucks in it. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways. So... Will is like, I'm not allowed, I thought I wasn't allowed to see Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. But Joyce had changed her mind. 
Which is probably a bad call on her part. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Way bad call on her part. As Will was a little not- young. Will Will was a little young for poltergeist. As long as you're not afraid of my mommy witch anymore. I'm not a baby. Anyway. Yeah. But then we go back to... A present time, and they're at the same fort, Castle Byers, thinking that maybe he's hiding. Hey, you gotta now. indicate Jonathan and Joyce are there. Yeah, sorry, Jonathan and Joyce are there. My apologies, Griffiny. It's fine. It's fine, Paul. Anyways. <laughs> Will is not there. Mm-mm. No. And then we cut back to Benny's Burgers, uh, where Benny is, you know, is really a cool guy. He's trying to feed her yeah. and do all these things, and he's trying to get a name from her. And She's not a talker. She's not a talker, and he sees... The 11 on the, her. The 011 tattooed on her, and that even... Like, that's like... That's like a big shaped head, tattooed number on her. What is this kid? What the fuck is going on? Right. <laughs> and and here's the thing now. You have to be 18 or older to have a tattoo. Back then, I think it was like 13 or older. No, no, no. I think... Oh, was it 16? With a parent's, with parent approval? Um, with parental approval. Um, again, things were different. So if a parent said yeah. yes to things... You could do it. I, I remember on my 16th birthday, I had a beer uh, on my 16th birthday. Why? <laughs> because my parents allowed me to. Because at the restaurant we were at, hey, we're his parents. He can drink. Yeah. Times were different. It was different times. No, I wouldn't drink a beer. I would like, I don't like soda, guys, nor beer. I never had a soda in my life. If somebody asked me for beer, if, I, if my parents asked me for beer, I'd say nope. You never had soda? Never had soda. Huh. I mean, I might have had it like once or twice, but oh my God. The reason why I hate soda, it fizzles and tingles in my mouth and I could taste all the chemicals. What? <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. It was no bueno. Yeah. Um, I, I actually cut out soda because of the same thing. Really? I actually just had soda not too long ago. Yeah, I just had soda not too long ago. Because Sprite? It, uh, yeah, Sprite. Yep, I love Sprite. <laughs> yes, yes, funny. How did you know that? Uh, I don't, coincidence? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I do. Sprite is, Sprite's my bag. I haven't had soda in almost a year, I think. Why? Um, because I cut it out and I lost weight by cutting it out. Um, did you did you quit caffeine for some reason or something? Yes, I quit. So, yes, I had some medical things. I quit, I quit caffeine, and then um, after quitting caffeine, um, I was at the point drinking Sprite and um, coffee, decaf coffee, and I just made the choice of just eventually cutting it out. I'm like, why am I drinking this stuff? Water's fine. Yeah. And um, uh, but I just had soda not too long ago. Because I got this coupon for pizzas. This is way <laughs> off topic, you guys. I, know, yeah. I got I got a coupon <laughs> for pizza, and I tried it, and yeah, it burned my throat. That's what I'm going through. Like, it burns. You can taste the chemicals. It just yeah, yeah. There definitely is a chemical taste to soda. Like having not drank it for a long period of time and drinking it. Yeah. I couldn't do more than one glass. I was like, no, I, this is I can't do this. Yeah. 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 So, anyways, Bobby's trying to get a straight answer out of 11 but she just wants to eat 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 eat, eat. which i'm a little confused on is she not she's like she's like she hasn't eaten in a month 
Yeah, she's super hungry. Like, <laughs> anyways, he takes the food away, and Eleven's like, my food. You can see it on her face, like, my food. And then he's like, all right, well, if you don't talk, I'm not gonna get, you're not gonna have your food. And he starts walking away. Eleven. He's like, I'll be damned. And yes. And then he gives her the food back. Yeah, but but before he's like, what's what does it mean? She points to herself and says, Eleven. Yes. And then he realizes that's her name. So then he makes a call. Which was a bad idea. Which was a bad idea. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to the bad idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, he makes a call to basically social services, and they the someone's tapping into the the, the yeah, calls. Yeah, it's late at night. Yeah, well, no, well, not, called, not, not he makes the call, but someone was tapping in to the phone lines yeah. trying to find Eleven. And we, you could put two and two together and go, it's the lab. Yeah. And then um, Hopper with his officers, what, Powell and Callahan. Yeah. Um, are on the road where Will crashes bike. They find it tipped over and abandoned. Realize this is probably a bigger deal. Yeah. And she'll probably be yeah. giving Joyce a little bit more credence to what she's yeah. saying. Like, she's even asking, is there blood on it? Like, is there anything on it? Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Joyce tries to call Lonnie. But we get Cynthia. Yeah, we get Cynthia, who just hangs up on her. Uh, and she's like, damn, damn it, damn it. She yeah. needs a damn doll, y'all. Yes. You can buy some. You Not can. sponsored. <laughs> um, then Hopper shows up. With to the, the house with the bike yeah with the bike and he starts to kind of freak out and he for some reason goes to the shed the light flickers like it did before and then but no it goes out yeah oh it goes out that's right that's it goes right. out and then you hear some squelching yeah like, you hear some noises and then like you think there's gonna be a jump scare but it's just callahan and he's like you scared me her to death <laughs> mm-hmm so they go back and, like, call Flo, get a search team. There's something bigger going on. Then we cut to Mike and his family sitting around the dinner table. Yeah, Mike wants to go look for Will. No. Mom freaks out. Because, like, <clears throat> am I speaking Chinese around here? Nobody's going out until they find Will. Yeah. yeah That's a that, Karen. That, well, that was a common expression in the, back in the day, too. Um, and <clears throat> that and... Eat all your food. They're starving children in China. Um, Nancy wants to go study at Barb's. And Mom's like, no, nobody is leaving until Will is found. Um, and Nancy gets upset. They fight with Mike. <clears throat> Mike reveals that she has this boyfriend, Steve. The dad doesn't handle anything. <laughs> what I... Wait, what I do? What I do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... We'll get, you know, there's more that goes on with Karen and, uh, I forget the husband's name at this point, Bob? Tom. 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 Um, that will happen in later seasons. Uh, yeah. But really, at this point, they're kind of just in the background. Just yeah. Just being a, more of a plot device. Like uh, because, Karen and Steve. Yeah, so the search party <laughs> goes out and looks for Will. And then the sign, Mr. Clark which is the science teacher, says that Will's a good student and that uh, that Hop used, used to be at that school. Yep. And then mentions that he has a daughter, which sadly, which had I had to make something. I She sadly died. 
She died of cancer. She died of cancer. Yes, his daughter died of cancer. And the age of six, I yeah, think. Which, again, shows... Okay, so this is a character device. <clears throat> yeah. That is used a lot. Where um, a hero or a protagonist in a story has, has past yeah. personal demons. This is a trope yeah. that's used a lot. Yeah. And it justifies the... Um, well, okay, really, it, it, well, okay, it justifies the means that they're at at this point. Yeah. And then the idea of a story is allowing them to, giving them the opportunity to, um... Cope. To cope and, you know, conquer yeah. this personal demon. Yeah. Um, because an American, and this is very American, by the way. It is. This is very American. Um... <clears throat> Uh, this is a very popular trope. Um, you know, ultimately everything that we do in movies is follows the hero's journey. Yeah. We don't have a lot of movies that don't. The hero's journey is you start, and then you know you start from a position. You have a conflict. You have to come up with ways, and you deal with problems of that conflict. Eventually, conquering yeah. this conflict. That is American movies, hands down, always. Yeah. You have other cultures that have movies where the hero's journey is very dark. Yeah. And that, you know, especially in um, uh, Eastern uh, Asia, Japan, China, yeah. uh, you have these horror movies that actually are very, very dark because they have a different cultural sense of conquering evil. And the idea is, is that the evil's always there. Yeah. So you have a lot of these movies where they don't win. Yeah. That the darkness or, or the evil or the conflict wins. Yeah. Um, but you don't see that a whole lot in American cinema. Yeah. But his daughter died at, I think, age of five or six due to the cancer. Very hard story. Yeah, it's a difficult watch. Yeah. What, what, rest in peace, Sarah. I Rest in yeah, peace. Yeah, yeah that's a, it's a difficult scene. It's a difficult it's scene. It's a very difficult scene. Um, you don't, you'll see it in one of the episodes. Very difficult. So then Lucas and Mike are on their super comms. Now, yeah. this is also getting into this ham radio thing. Um, I had a ham radio license. You did? I did. I had a handheld thing. And, yeah, um, what's really interesting is is that I don't think in 83 you necessarily needed a license to operate one of those things. You could just go out to a store and buy one. You didn't have to. <laughs> Um, have, you'd have to have a license to operate on certain frequencies. Oh. Uh, but because some of them were were, were um, like Russia. No, 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 no. Military. Military. Or police officer oh. or medical Med band. What? Yeah. So you mean I could literally go to the store right now, buy a radio? Not now. No, now it's ah. again it's heavily regulated. <laughs> no. But back no, in the day, no. but back in the day, you didn't have to you could be an amateur ham radio and you didn't need a license so you mean i could go get a license right now then get a radio listen to a veterinary thing and be like yes <laughs> well i don't think there's a lot of veterinary but yes essentially you could apply for this license and then be able to use a ham radio yes what are the requirements oh <laughs> there's any, there's, that's what google's for that's what uh, google's for don't ask me because again I don't have any interest in it anymore, but I'm just saying, again, culture time, this is what it is. Good thing I have one. Right. <laughs> Anyways. So then, Steve is trying to get into Nancy's bedroom. 
Mike spots her. Mike spots him. Yep, because they decide that they're going to leave. Now, this is the tropes that I'm talking about. Real quick. Steve is trying to get into Nancy's bedroom. Mike spots her. Mike spots him. Yep, because they decide that they're going to leave. Now, this is the tropes that I'm talking about. Real quick. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. Parents in these types of movies are supposed to be dumb. They're supposed yeah. to be clueless and not know what they're what what their kids are doing. Okay. Uh huh. Um, I have I really believe because I think Mike unlo- like opens up the garage door. Yeah. Um, you're gonna hear that in the house. You're going to. You're gonna hear that. I, I mean, I can hear when the garage door opens up in my house. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you can too. Oh, I can hear it a lot. Yeah. So I again. It's kind of silly that here's Mike getting out of the garage where the parents don't know at the same time that Steve's sneaking into the house and the parents <laughs> don't know. You have to suspend disbelief because well, they mean, have to allow these things well, to happen. Well, I'm in my house. Sometimes when the garage door opens, I don't hear it from my living room, well, which is weird. Fair enough. Fair so enough. they might have a larger house than me. Just saying, I I have a teeny tiny house, guys. <laughs> two story. It's no, not two story. Two floors. So we got an upstairs and a basement, with only like what three bedrooms. So yeah. So then they go out um, because the, they said that they you know when they were playing D D, Will could have casted fireball, but instead he did a protection spell. No. No, he could have cast protection, yeah, but he did fire. Yes. Thank he you. put himself in the danger. He put for the himself team. in the danger for the team. Yes, yes, yes. And the roll was a seven, by the way. The roll was a seven, but well, it rolled off the table. Well, it was a seven. The demigorgon got him. Remember that line, y'all, and remember the game. That okay? A shadow creeps up behind you, hungry for blood. That goes right to the demigorgon. The whole game is based on this first season. Yeah, essentially, the D and D game is playing out. It's like the main story. Yes. All right. <clears throat> Sorry, Griffiny. It's okay. Um, so Benny is doing uh, the dishes. Yeah. It's nighttime now. And like, then... Probably like 11? Yeah, it's got to be somewhere. It's got to yeah, be like late. Yeah, like 10, 30. Uh, well, it's what? It's November? Yeah. No, it gets dark probably around 8-ish. So this is probably around 9, 10 o'clock at night, yeah. I'm going to say. Um, and... He's like, the roads ain't so bad, but someone pops up and is like, no. And he remembers, like, he he recognizes a voice. But then, poof, rip Benny. <laughs> yeah, so what happens is is that Benny, yeah, th- th- this woman shows up for social services. Social services is not going to show up at 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Uh, I, one I one person isn't going to just show up at 11 o'clock at night. It's going to be several. Yeah, and, well, it may be a social worker, but that social worker is going to show up during a uh, daytime, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, he invites her in. He kind of comments that it's late. And she doesn't sound like the person that he talked to. And she shoots him. And then people from the lab come in. And this is... Eleven's like... Yep. Yep. And Eleven uses her telekinesis power, which we saw briefly used on the fan that was making noise. Yes, the fan. She's just like... "Hmm." He's like, the fan is annoying me. You don't see the fight scene with Eleven, but Bobby does die. Yes, uh, Benny. Benny does die. So rip Benny. But here's the thing. 
if you remember that Benny got killed on the floor, how did he get in the chair with the gun in his hand? Well, well, okay, but we're the only ones that know that. Yes. We're the only ones that know that. However, you bring up a really good point because we have forensics now. Yeah. So they would have investigated the murder scene and been like, hey, wait a minute, this guy died on the floor, his body was moved. You didn't have those kind of investigations again in the 80s. You didn't? In the 70s and 80s. Forensic and was a real specialty back in, like, you didn't have that outside of very large community, like large cities or, um, uh, like, major capitals of, of states. That's weird. Uh, yeah, it just did not exist very well. Um, you really all you had was the police detectives, and uh-huh. it was on them and how good they were on assessing a homicide scene. Uh-huh. But you didn't have these teams come in and assess it, and then tell the, um, you know, tell the 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 homicide team what was going on per se, or you did, but these people were not real specialized, and they'd come in and they just go, "Yep, here it was." Yeah. Blah blah blah. But. Yes, definitely. If someone got shot on the ground and then moved into a chair and a, and was done that thing, a forensic team would pick up now something along those lines. Like yeah. that would have been an easy catch. Would yeah. not have been an easy catch in the eighties. Yeah. Um. So, Steve, uh, Steve and Nancy, Steve was trying really hard to get to get in the Nancy's pants. Yeah. And this really <clears throat> shows how kind of even though you don't like Steve. Steve's not a bad guy. Yeah. Because he respects. He respects. Yeah. He tries pulling some stuff, but then. Like with the teddy bear. Bad Steve. Yes. And he actually goes back to helping her study. Yeah. And nothing happens. That maybe would not have been the case of how it would turn out. Yeah. Joyce and Jonathan. Yeah. They are making... Or yes. have you seen me posters or missing posters? That that's the word I was looking for. Sorry, and um, Jonathan blames it on himself because he should have been home. Yes, and then he, um, yeah, he feels absolutely awful. Yeah, because he's like, I should have been home for him. Yeah, and Joyce tells him it's not his fault. You know, she was mad at him in the beginning for not being home. But realistically, it's not his fault because if nothing had happened, you know, if the Demi Gordon hadn't shown up, Every, everything every, would be fine. I'm fine. And think about it. If Jonathan had been there, if the Demi Gordon was there, he would have just been killed or taken. Exactly. Yeah, he more than likely would have been killed. So, yeah. Um, yeah. She gets a phone call. Joyce does. And, but it just, like, Gargling sound. It's breathing and gargling sound. She Joyce is adamant that it's Will that's calling her. Yeah, but it shocks her. Mm-hmm. And then the phone surges with ex- ex- uh, uh, electricity, electricity and blows up the phone essentially. Like leaving it into like a burnt marshmallow. Mm-hmm. Then it cuts to Will, uh, Dustin. Well, I mean, excuse me. Yeah, Dustin, Lucas, and Mike. Yeah, looking for Will when they hear something in the woods. They turn, it's the girl. It's 11. It's, it's 11 and... Boom. End of episode. Okay. So, as I said, we get into some things here. Yes. I can't say much about this particular episode because yeah. I don't want to jump ahead. I'm yeah. going to have things to say as the season go. 
as a season starter, as a as a as a pilot to a show. Yeah. This is very gripping. Yeah, like this is like very really aggressive. Like like this is like okay, you know something's up. And it makes you want to see the next episode. Yeah, like it makes you want to be like, what? Oh, come on, what's happening next? Like mm-hmm. it's one of those cliffhanger guys until you get on to the next. And season. that is something that the show is very good at at ending each episode. You wanting to go right to the next one. Exactly. And this, I, you know, people talked about binging before um, Stranger Things. Yeah. But I really look at Stranger Things as the origin. To binging seasons. Yeah. Um, yeah, there were some things that people would do beforehand, but you know, you try to binge, say, you know, Friends or Seinfeld all day. You know, it gets to the point where yeah, they're half hour, you know, half hour um, sitcoms that there are several over the course of a season. Yeah. Whereas you know. <clears throat> I really love, I think we're really in a golden age television. Oh, Because yeah. you're getting something like eight episodes a season, ten episodes a season, and you can watch them all day or you know, watch three, four episodes at once. Yeah. Or, you know, or watch two, three, and be like a two-hour long or three-hour long movie. Yeah. Um, and that's really what this show also feels like to me is an eight-hour long movie. Yeah. And how they made that TV, like that old TV, that was like, I was impressed. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, yeah. I mean, the old CRT TVs, they're almost impossible to find now. And... I mean, I don't know anywhere that sells them outside of old repair shops. Antique stores. Antiques, yeah. I mean, no, <laughs> you're not wrong. I mean, it's, uh, I don't. You said you don't know anywhere else except for a repair shop. Yeah. Antique stores. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I go anywhere, it's, uh, you can't find a CRT anywhere. And that's what they're called, CRT, cathode radio tube televisions. Okay. Which are the big fat televisions. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I have a flat screen. <laughs> but yes, I know next episode... It's like, bang, they go right off the bat. But I'm going to have more to say at the end of the next couple of episodes versus this one. Yeah. Um, But overall, I'd absolutely love this as a pilot. Yeah. Paul, Mm -hmm. do the honors of telling about the season challenges. Uh, Yeah, so Griffey told me about this before we started. She has a challenge for everyone. Um, So every season, she's going to come with a challenge and a prize. Um, this one's going to be more of a, uh, 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 this for that. What she has is she has her own picture of a demigorgon that she signed and that she will, uh, put in a scan and give you a digital version of it. And in return, but in order to win this, she wants you to draw your own picture of a demigorgon and send it in to her. Um, what is the email that they can find you at, Griffiny? The email is tourofhawkins at gmail.com. Tourofhawkins at gmail.com. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so throughout this whole recording, um, up until what, the final, they have until really episode seven mm-hmm. to get this to you. So, you guys yeah. have seven episodes to get this, and then on episode eight, you'll announce the winner? Yep. Okay. All right, now, um, anything else, Griffiny? Only rule no form of copywriting or any form of copywriting from Google Images. That is my only rule. And second rule, have fun. Yeah, so it has to be their own work, right? Yes, it has to okay. be their own work. Okay, cool. And they can send it to you at, again, torhawkins.com, yes. uh, gmail.com. Yes. Okay, anything else, Griffiny? 
I only have one more thing to say before we go. What's that, Griffiny? Do Australian people eat kangaroos for breakfast?